When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Millions of years ago, in the lair across the way in Woodenville, Washington, lived a giant dinosaur. <laughs> and his name Why was. Not? Don't call me giant. Thomas. Thomas <laughs> Rexus. Sis. Okay, that means financialist. That one. Uh, I don't know. Tom, just we were talking before the show about Tom's recent trip to the movie theater where he saw the latest edition of the uh, Jurassic Park series of programs originally starring one David Attenborough. Who's gotten very yes, old, and his hair's gotten his hair's gotten very, very, very wild as he's gotten older. He, they brought everybody else back, but not him. But not I him. Too, well, that's because he's over at Apple TV doing Prehistoric ah. Planet. And okay. honest to goodness, it looks like he's taken up the Boris Johnson look. All the Brits, <laughs> the are, is... all the Brits are doing. The, I'm going to do the Boris Johnson look. I'm just going to. You kind of okay? Let's be honest. I kind of have it already, do, don't I? You yeah. don't really I don't comb really your comb hair, it. but once a week. So. No, I, I yeah okay I do, yeah, you I don't comb even it for acting class I don't know that I even time. own a comb I don't think I, I have a brush but well, I don't is that really I something you should be sharing with the public or not I don't know I, I don't know okay hi everybody I'm Don Boris Johnson McDonald <laughs> along with Tom T Rex Cock over there in the uh, aircraft hangar I try to make that sound but I can't so the dinosaurs were good <gasps> yeah. I thought the Story was a little weak and oh you know, come on the story's been weak since the f- second one yeah actually my daughter hadn't seen any of them I made her watch the first one the other night before watching this one so she'd have some perspective and she said the first one dad's way better than this I said yeah it kind of is because there's like a story and everything so anyway, yeah at so. plus yeah they, they they it was the first I hate sequels. I hate sequels. This is sequel like number seven or something. It's right? a lot Five of sequels as long as they keep yeah. making money. They'll keep, they'll keep making them. Hello, everyone. Let me start over. I'm Don. That's Tom. We're talking real money. We're going to try and help you manage money better than you've ever done it before. Because guess what we've discovered? Most of you stink in our at 65 it. $65 million, million years on Earth? Yeah. In our 65 million years, we've discovered that everybody, since the beginning of time, has pretty much sucked at managing money. And you're probably one of them. I know a few of you are pretty good at it, and we get your notes occasionally going, yeah, 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 or we hear from you, and yeah, you do a pretty good job. But a lot of you who think you're doing great jobs, you're really not even doing great jobs. You're, you're, not, you're doing mediocre jobs, maybe, because we're just bad investors. And there is an area in which I believe we run into the most trouble as investors, and that is in the financial advice-providing industry. It is the ridiculous wild, wild, wild west when it comes to finding out who's going to work, who's going to do the right work for you, who's going to act in your best interest. And uh, so in this first hour, we want to talk about 
finding a fiduciary, a real fiduciary. And let me tell you a little story. People lie. You know how we know they lie? Well, last week, a lovely woman called us, and um, she had uh, what we thought was probably a pretty bad portfolio, but we didn't have all the specifics on it. So she actually took our advice and called Tom and set up an, or set up an appointment to talk to Tom about her portfolio. And Tom, what did you discover? Well, we discovered that the firm that which she had been, is managing her money, managing her finances, claims, she says, that they are fiduciary, that they have a legal requirement to put her interests ahead of theirs. But if you go look at the firm, which she kindly supplied, they do not. They are uh, <laughs> they are a what's called broker dealer. They have no such obligation. They also sell insurance. I can't wait to see the portfolio because I can almost guarantee you. Oh, you haven't seen the portfolio yet. No, she's going to bring it by. Mm. I can almost guarantee you that it will include you know expensive mutual funds. It'll mm-hmm. probably include commissions. I bet it might even include some insurance products because the stuff we see. It's not fiduciary advice. And so she trusted their word that it was. Someone told her there that, yes, I am a fiduciary. But you and I know, Don, people say a lot of stuff in this business to get business that is bull. You mean you mean they, they lie? You mean they lie? They Yes, they do. They lie. And that's why we think it's so important that you do the research that I know you don't want to do to determine whether or not they're going to act in your best interest. And throughout that hour, throughout this hour, we're going to help you do just that. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, hi again. Welcome back to uh, Talking Real Money, the show about your dough. And we're going to, throughout this hour, try to point you in a better direction when it comes to picking the advice you use to build your wealth. Problem is, almost all of it, almost all of it, sorry guys, most of it's bad. It's self, self-interested, self if the, nothing else. The vast majority is self-interested. I just hate that. 855-935-TALK. That is our phone number. You can call us with your questions. And the good news is we defer to you. We want to answer the things that you want answered. And Jim has joined us. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Don. Hi, Tom. Uh, Last week, uh, you guys were ending the show talking about I-bonds. And I tried to call in real quick and try to get my two cents in. Uh, but uh, but your show was ending, so uh, I was hoping to get you this week and continue to talk about I-bonds. Uh, typically, I've been re- uh, researching a lot about I-bonds, watching a lot of YouTube videos, and I've really, I think I grasped the issue quite a bit. And basically, that, that is true that there's a $10,000 limit per year per person on purchasing I-bonds, and certainly you can use your up to a $5,000 tax return to get a $5,000 paper bond, which I thought about doing, but then I don't want to have the inconvenience of paper. Uh, so what I've so come to realize is that since my wife and I are both buying I-bonds, what I could do, for example, if I believe we have inflation for the next three years, I can gift her $20,000 in I-bonds, and she can gift me 
$20,000 in I bonds. Now, we would get the current interest rate of 9.62%. So that's basically with the $10,000 she and I both own already, plus the $20,000 she's going to gift me, and the $20,000 I gift her, we, in effect, can buy $60,000 in I bonds for this year, for this month, earning the 9.62%. Now, the caveat to that is, once you gift it to her, let's say in 2023 and 2024, and she gifts me my I-bonds, I cannot buy any future I-bonds for those two years, or the, or the Treasury will return your money. Oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're you're trying to lock. You're trying to get more money locked in at the at the inflation yeah. rate of today. At the inflation. Yeah, rate. because that's I was going to say there's no way to get past the ten thousand dollar annual limit that I'm aware of. Exactly. But you can give it as a gift. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yes. And when you buy the I bond today, you get the rate for this month. So you can buy a million dollars in I bonds. Give it to your wife. And mm-hmm. have yourself the beneficiary, and as long as she lives, you know, a hundred years at the current tax laws, uh, you can get ten thousand dollars for the next hundred years. Of course, that's quite unreasonable. I'm just saying, you could extend this out to, you know, enormous extremes, but I, that's probably not smart to do that because I know for a fact that I've had a okay. Let's go back. Let's let's go ahead, let, Jim. Let's just go back <laughs> the for, the, for everybody else yeah. listening. Yeah, let's for everybody else <laughs> listening. Let's just go back and talk about. What? Because I see Susie Orman's now. This is the one thing you have to own during inflationary times. Well, okay, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I concur. Let's, let's go, and maybe Don should because he's no, very no, versed on all. No, this. no, no. You go ahead for a minute, and then I I'll, mean, I'll step in. And, I, I want you to get your yeah. say in. I know well, you have yeah, one it's of those. Not my say. No, I'm just yes, saying. But let's go back and make sure everybody understands what an I bond is. Oh, you want me to explain them? Yeah, this is a government issued bond. The idea here is. That they're they're selling you a bond that's designed to sort of keep up with inflation. That's the good period. News. Basically, in, period. Yeah. And, and because be, yeah, they because it readjusts. Right, and there is no right now. There is no set interest rate on I savings bonds, none whatsoever. Correct, zero. Um, there's it's a zero rate, but they yep. do every six months pay for for the next six months. Pay whatever the set rate inflation rate is for that six month period. Right now, it is annualizing at a nine plus percent rate. So you're Thank only going to get four something for the next six months, and then it'll reset to a new rate six months after you buy it. It's six months after you buy it. We've gone through this several times. I don't want to argue this with anybody. I got it directly from Treasury Direct. It is six months after you buy it that it resets to the next rate. Okay. And my question to you, Jim, or to anybody else, by the way, who's buying these, is what purpose do they serve in your portfolio? Why do you own them? Okay, so this is my caveat, though. Uh, I have, I have, in fact, had a Treasury Direct account since 2003. So I calculated on a Series EE bond, you're guaranteed to double your money in 20 years, which is a 3.49% rate of return. Now, my I-bonds, when I bought them in 2003... $1,000 is only worth $1,770 today, so that's almost 19 years. So in 20 years, if it wasn't for this high rate of inflation, I would have been better off 20 years ago buying Series EE bonds and doubling my money after 20 years versus buying an I-bond and only earning $1,800. I didn't quite double my money. So I think over the long run, I don't think I-bonds are necessarily a good deal. That's why I would never buy you know, a million dollars in I-bonds, maybe if I believe inflation is going to run high for the next two or three years, then buy, like I said, the $10,000 for this year, 
gift my wife twenty thousand dollars, she gives me twenty thousand, and the next year we gift you know we deliver the gift. Uh, and next year we deliver. The okay, gift I'm going to stop you again. I'm going to stop you again. We're yeah, increasing so life's complexity. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but again, I'm trying to understand really the purpose because you just said the key, the operative word. You're trying to protect yourself against inflation. Fixed income investments generally are not the way to do that. There is another one issued by the U.S. government, which you can buy a ton of, called Treasury Inflation Protected Securities because they're in mutual funds of the same type. But to really protect yourself from inflation, the thing that's done far better than that is a security known as a stock. And you can own stocks in index funds that have done had a far better return since 2003 than I bonds, far better return than intermediate term government bonds. So, again, that's what I'm trying to get to is sort of the why. I know Susie Orman runs around or others. Oh, this is great. You make nine point six. Well, for a very short period of time, perhaps. And part two is even at ten thousand dollars a year or 20 or 40, whatever it is. It's not a very large part of a, a good-sized portfolio. Yeah, it's going to be a small part, even if you do it with the gifting and all. And and here's my issue. And you know, I I I'm guilty of this. I got some of them just because I went, hey, that's kind of cool. You know, just and just I do this that's a lot why. too. I do this a lot too. I test things out. To, like for example, I I help someone figure out how to get into a high yield savings account. I put some money in there. So um, because it's not going to hurt me, but. As part of a normal portfolio, a simple portfolio, the kind of portfolio that most people should have, don't you don't need to mess with it. You just if you have a large portfolio, it's too small a portion. If you have a small portfolio, then why aren't you striving for the better returns that are likely to occur from stocks in an inflationary environment? Um, and and if you want something cool. I think you could, Don. You could buy cryptocurrency of a variety of okay, flavors now, and now, colors. Okay, now, now, I think that really is taking hip, it man. way, way too far. Oh, okay. So you want uh, to be because cool. we're going, we're going from something that actually will pay, uh, ah. at least for six months, four and a half percent, to something that <laughs> to over something. the next six months may pay <laughs> negative a thousand percent. Who knows? Yikes! Uh, but you know. Uh, Yes, you can do all those things, but if we start talking about those things on the show like we just did, people's eyes will roll in their heads. They won't know what to do. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hello again. Welcome back. I'm Don. The phone number here is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And we are talking this hour about how to find someone to help you manage your money who will do it in a way that isn't best for them. As opposed to being best for you. who, When you hire someone to do something for you, you hire a doctor to help with an ailment. Now, what do you expect that doctor to do? What's best for the doctor or what's best for you, the patient? Attorney, same thing. Why don't we require the same thing of financial advice providers? Doctors are required to act as fiduciaries. Lawyers are required to act in your best interest. Now, do they fail to do so at times? 
Of course, they're humans, but they're held to this high standard, which, so at least you know that standard exists. You do not know that in the financial services industry, and thus the ability of people who work in this business, stockbrokers, insurance agents, who also have gotten their Series 65 and are registered as investment advisors, also to claim at times they're a fiduciary when in fact at other times they can do almost any nasty thing to you they want and here's the thing about all of and by the way back to what you're raising which is a great point is why isn't everyone i think congress said they were going to fix this in 2009 coming out of the 2008 they're going to have a fiduciary standard for all advisors Let's see, I can't count that high. That's like 13 years ago or something. Anyway, so that hasn't happened. So what do you do? Why didn't it happen, by the way? Well, my guess is it may have had yes. something to do with You're lobbying God, yeah. of some yeah, kind. Yeah, it may have had to do with big spending by the securities yeah. industry and the insurance industry. Maybe. So the question to you is, what do you do to protect yourself? So not unlike the person who called us last week thought they had a fiduciary. Number one, I would only work with a firm that is a 100% fiduciary. That is, Don just mentioned, many people are duly registered as both broker-dealers and financial advisors. Uh, and so they can say they're fiduciaries, but they're not 100% of the time. That would be an easy fix. And the way to find that out, well, no. there's a website you can go to to look it all up. Uh, it's not that easy, okay? It's not that easy. Let me just, for example, let me give you a great example. This is an example. I'm not going to name the firm, but it is a well-known firm in the Seattle area. They're on the radio, and on the front page of their website, they, right here in a box, say, our advisors are are held to a fiduciary standard. That means they are legally bound to do what is in your best interest. They say that on their website, in writing. The problem is, I know they're lying. How do I know they're lying? Well, first, you can go right to their website. Usually on the bottom, and a lot of firms aren't doing this anymore because it's the new trick. At the bottom of this firm's webpage, it says that this firm offers insurance products through a subsidiary Hmm. agency that they own. They also uh, have a wholly owned sister company that is a reg uh, a uh, a broker dealer let's see and so here's the problem they can say right here in black and white we're a fiduciary but here's the key there the word that's missing is always and this is where they find the wiggle room and this is where you need to be more assertive where you need to say i know that's are you 100 percent and we have a form, I believe. I don't know if it's still on the it's website. It's still on there. And you know, the funny thing is, is in the last in. month, four people have downloaded that form. Just four people. Yeah. If you go to talkingrealmoney.com slash help, you will find a thing we created called the advisor interview form. Take it to your advisor and ask them to fill it out. However, I know you won't do it. You know how I know why I know you won't do it? Because only four people did? Well, plus you're afraid. You're afraid uh, to confront, you don't confront that nice yeah. person. We do not like confrontation. But if it's confrontation that could save you hundreds, if not tens of thousands of dollars per year, 
Is that confrontation not likely to be well rewarded? Go to TalkingRealMoney.com slash help Tom now. and Don are talking real money. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. You have questions? We have a show in which questions get answered. It's called Talking Real Money, and guess what? It's on right now. So stay where you are and call us at 855-935-TALK. I'm Tom. I'm Tom. I'm Don. That's Tom. <laughs> God, I get confused easily. Don't I? Hey, Joe. Uh, this I'm has been... Oh, uh, man. I, I don't know. Yeah. Woo! That was uh wow. Okay, anyway, I'm going to help you out here a little bit. We're going to we're going to tr- we're going to try something new. We're going to try uh, if you're at home, you can play along. Get your computer, your iPad, your whatever the doohickey you have and go to this website. Advisor A D V I S E R info. Yeah, why all one word. That way? Yeah, okay, because info. that's the way yeah, the yeah, SEC spells it legally. It's the advisor. Uh, yeah, anyway. Advisorinfo.sec.gov. 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 And there you'll see two little boxes. One says individual. If you know the name of the person you're working with, you can put it in there. Or you can put in the name of the firm. Well, I'm going to enter in the name of this particular firm, their little local firm. Yeah. Local to Seattle. I click on the button, and I am taken to a page that shows me two different, well, three different options. Latest form ADV filed, part would have two been in March. brochures, and part three relationship summary. Please ignore the part three relationship summary. It is a worthless piece of garbage that the SEC created to try to lessen the confusion about fiduciaries and actually only increased it. Gee, big surprise. <laughs> what yes. you want to do is go to the one that actually says stuff. It's called the Part 2 Brochures. Now, back in the old days, like three years ago, this was supposed to be written in really easy-to-understand English. I think they said plain English. Yeah, they're not doing that anymore, but you'll work your way through it, because I'm going to show you what you want to read. So let's click on the Part 2 Brochures in this particular case. Now, one of the interesting sections is the section called Material Changes. Uh, This particular firm talks about how they hold illiquid securities, and you may not be able to get your money out. Oh, that sounds like fun. We recommend structured notes and buffered ETFs. Ah, Oh, those sound dangerous and confusing. But what you want to do is get to the table of contents. This is where the fun stuff begins. One, the, the first thing is advisory business. Now, they're going to give you a bunch of garbage in here, tell you we do this, we do that, we do this, you know, forget about that. Forget about that. It's worthless. You want to go down. First thing you want to look at is their fees and compensation. In this case, the fees and compensation are slightly misleading, and I'll tell you why. Because they say that the maximum fee they charge is 1.25% per year, which is not terrible. A little high. A little high, but not terrible on okay, the first million. Just let me just go ahead. correct you just a little bit there, because that you're paying 25% more than you have to. 
I know, but I'm is just that saying. outrageous? Ooh, I've seen uh, people okay. at two and three, so. No, I'm Okay, I'm just saying you're paying more than you need to, but go ahead. Okay. All right. Fair so enough. we look at that. That tells us about what they uh, what what they charge. But the really good stuff comes up later, and you kind of have to look for it. They bury it. Some of it is under a section that they call other financial industry activities. <laughs> yeah. And when we uh-huh. go to that, we see that this firm, in addition to being a fiduciary advisor, also is a licensed insurance agency. And it says that advisors of our firm are licensed as insurance agent. Now, listen to this very carefully. As such, these individuals are able to receive separate yet customary commission compensation customary, resulting sure. from implementing product transactions on behalf of the clients. Clients should be aware that the receipt of additional compensation creates, not might create, no, 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 actually creates a conflict of interest that may impair the objecti- the objectivity of our firm and these individuals. So right there, in black and white, they say, we are not always a fiduciary. It's right there. What you can do with these things, if you're on a computer, is use your search function and search the document for conflicts of interest, and just see how many of them they have. There sometimes are conflicts all over the place. And another thing that I find very interesting about this firm is they're a very well-known, they have multiple offices, they buy a lot of media time. They do. um, And they only manage about $300 million. Now, that may sound like a lot, but $300 million, at a, do, do it at 1% per year. And you're, you're talking about just $3 million to run a whole company with all these people. And if any of you run a company, you know that's not a lot. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. The, the, the bottom line... The bottom line to the uh, the issue of this advisor managing three hundred million, and yet, how do they run a huge company on three million a year when the owner probably makes twenty percent of that um, easily? <laughs> is the fact that they're 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 getting it through the insurance products. When they talk about reasonable commissions, the reasonable commissions on things like indexed annuities, which we know they sell. We absolutely know this firm sells them. The customary commission on uh, on an indexed annuity, or they call them fixed indexed annuities, uh, is somewhere around 7 to 9%. Yeah, you don't have to sell a lot of those to make uh, more than 3 million bucks. Nope, doesn't take very many at all. So so again, let's go, I mean, number one, I would only work with a 100% fiduciary. Number two, I would make them put that in writing, not just say, oh, yeah, of course I am. Because and years later, they could say, well, we never said that. If you have it in writing, you have some protection. Mm-hmm. So those are important things. I mean, and again, what we see is people mistreated as a result and getting poor advice. This is where all this started a week ago because they are not getting it from a fee-only 100% fiduciary. 
And if you don't want to confront them with the whole form at talkingrealmoney.com slash help, at least ask them to put on their letterhead in writing this simple statement. We are a 100% fiduciary advisory firm. We do not receive any commissions from the sale of securities or insurance products. If they run out of the room when you ask them that, then you can be pretty sure they're not, Yeah. by the way. Yeah, that may be just the simplest thing to do right there. 855-935-TALK. Brett, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi there. Um, Hey, Brett. I have a question. My wife, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yes, sir. Great. My my wife's a CPA, yeah, my wife's a CPA, and she has independence um, restrictions. She can't buy shares in certain companies, can't have certain brokerage companies, uh, invest in insurance products, et cetera, for anything that her firm audits. Mm-hmm. It's really that makes a sense. pain to go to a brokerage who's trying to peddle something, and then once you figure out what it is, then you have to go back to her, soft, her firm's software to look it up. Is the independent auditor something that, that's tracked in brokerage software? Okay, here I'm going to ask you a question. I mean, in other words, I understand what you're saying because that could create a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine that yep. she could not own an index fund that would have a ton of companies in it where there would be no conflict because she can't have any impact on whatever, whatever. I mean, in other words, if you own thousands of companies and you have a very small part of something in there, my guess is that would clean it up very quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah, if it's a small enough percentage, yeah, if it's like a mutual fund or it's a with like a percentage. Correct. Yes, as, as long as the yeah, exactly. Well then, well wh- no, I mean, this, what's this the problem? Because Congress, where, be, yeah. because well, what I mean, really, it's foolish to go out and buy individual stocks anyway. We believe. Right, right, but what I'm asking, but even if you bought a mutual fund, if her firm audits the mutual fund, she still can't buy it, or an index fund. If well, her firm audits it. Okay, but but so, the lovely thing yeah. about that is that there is so much competition now in the index arena. You've got iShares, you've got uh, Fidelity, you've got ETFs. You you got what ETFs? ETFs are. I don't. I don't believe ETFs yeah. are even audited. I don't think they are due to the way they hold the security. So I think in any ETF. She could own V is in Victory, T is in Tom, the Vanguard Total World Market, and that would be that. There would be no way that that could be a problem for somebody that is auditing any companies that may be listed. And I would certainly run it by their their compliance people before doing it. But the auditing, she she can't be in. Well, you know, now now you're gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because I can't stand. Well, this, this I can't stand it. I have to look it up now. Because they were saying, well, wait a minute, uh, is it a conflict of interest for you to be looking into certain companies and own those stocks? And we said yes, and we said the answer would be just own a mutual fund where you don't run into that issue because you own Right, but that was Congress. I firms. just, I just yeah. want to make sure that the SEC does not have some rule that even limits mutual funds. One would think logically, particularly in the case of an ETF, that there could not possibly be an iota of conflict of interest in a total market ETF when when the percentages are so, 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 so small. But I don't want to speak out of turn about obscure SEC rules, and this would certainly... if If you own an index fund and you're auditing the company, what impact could you... In other words... 
Are you going to sell it because you find out that XYZ Corporation has an issue with their books or something? In other words, I don't see where the conflict could possibly be. That's what I'm saying. Well, all I know is that I just found an entire paper devoted to the independence (laughs) implications of mutual funds. (laughs) uh with auditors um wow um yeah i I, okay i guarantee this one definitely says and i just skimmed it this one definitely says you cannot own a mutual fund that your firm audits you cannot own but it says mutual fund yeah no he was saying they audit individual firms i believe so yeah but mutual funds right but but you couldn't then um but if you're auditing individual firms i'm pretty sure that but uh I'm going to keep looking because I'm dying to know. So um, if I find something before the show's out, I'm going to mention it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. And, Stephen, it's your turn. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Good afternoon. Just got a question. Uh, my uh, my broker or my uh, financial advisor told me to get uh, sell VT and buy VTI in VXUS. Why? What do you think of that. That's the same thing. They're the same thing. I don't know why you would own two instead well, of one. I mean, so if you own the unless two, they wanted to change the, the allocation, yeah, the ratio. Yeah, the, because in VT you own about sixty percent U.S., forty percent uh, international or close. If you own the two, then you could adjust that, you know, that ratio between the U.S. and international on your own. I see no reason to do two. It just means you're going to have to rebalance because. Okay, but let me ask you, why Why is the advisor suggesting that? He said it would be a more efficient process, more why? efficient use of the finances. Uh, what do you mean by efficient? That, that yeah, was his explanation. I don't understand that unless it's to so that the advisor, him or herself, can rebalance the portfolio to their liking as opposed to letting Vanguard do the rebalancing internally, which is what they do. Well, I, I mean, the VT has like nine thousand stocks, and this has a few. This has like about a five thousand. So, I, I mean, I'm just well, trying no. to understand what the when you own well, the two, two of them, kind of basically. V, yeah, when you put them together, you own like the nine thousand stocks. Um, but but you own sixty percent in VT again. What I was trying to say, Stephen, is. VT Vanguard has decided to have it more U.S. weighted. About 60% Mm -hmm. of the money goes to the U.S., 40% goes to international. What your advisor may be saying, this is a total guess, no, let's rebalance that a little bit. Let's have half of the money go to U.S., half to international, because international has not performed as well for the last 10 years as U.S., that could be, but otherwise I see no, absolutely no reason to make that change. I don't either. It just seems silly. And it also creates a potentially taxable event. Now, if it's a tax loss, that could be a good event. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Oh, yes. We want to help you in any way we can. And you know, we don't always have all the answers, but we're going to try and get them for you. And if you have a bigger problem that is difficult to answer in the few minutes we really have on this show, 
please call our advisors. Just set up an appointment with them. You can call them or you can set up an appointment at Vestry.com at a time that's convenient for you. You just go literally to our website, which is vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Scroll down the page and click on the uh, set an appointment link. That's it. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.